there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I got to change the oil in my car. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic. With an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for only $36.99. What do I do with my old oil? We can recycle your used oil for free. And do you have oil for my old work truck? You can find the right high mileage oil to help it go farther right here at AutoZone. AutoZone. Restrictions apply. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Welcome to Open Floor. I'm John Gonzalez, joined by SI's own Rohan Nodkarni. Ro, happy Thanksgiving week. Happy USMNT versus Wales Day. Are you into the World Cup? John, okay, a couple of things I wanted to address here mm-hmm. at the start of the show. First of all, I, I have to apologize. We got an email from Matt Villanueva who said, in all caps, to me specifically, stop talking over people <laughs> when you do the show. This is this has been a long-running problem from the day I started doing this podcast. Okay. And the problem is I just get excited. I'm just excited. I love talking hoops with you, John. I love talking hoops with Chris. Yep. I just, I'm sorry. I know it's a problem. So I just wanted to acknowledge that off the jump. Like, I know. I I listen back to the podcast and I get annoyed with myself. Here, so in spirit of Thanksgiving week, I'm back home in South Florida. Still hot here. Yesterday it rained like cats and dogs for 14 hours straight. So typical Florida nonsense. My parents are Dish Network subscribers. And Dish Network has been in a dispute with Fox. Mm-hmm. For like years now. And so I can't watch the World Cup. Like I'm at home and I can't None watch of it. the World Cup. Don't you have, yeah, do like, you have like any service that you stream from LA that you could ostensibly watch it on? And or if not. No, because then you, I, I use my parents' service to amazing. stream ESPN. How, I, we, we have an antenna, but it's like a complicated and like, you know, it's a whole thing. 
The antennas tur- the antenna should be like five percent easier than it is. Well, the answer then is you got to go to a bar and watch it. Yeah, because we're true. we're about an hour as we record this program. We're about an hour and a half from the U.S. and Wales kicking, so you gotta you gotta get out there. So we're gonna rattle through this podcast because we all know what's actually important today. <laughs> uh, coming up later in the show, injuries. We're just going to talk about a lot of injuries. Dame Lillard, Paul George, Tyrese Maxey, and also now Joel Embiid, right before we started recording. That came out. His headline of this podcast is Joel Embiid ducking Ben Simmons. Uh, Mike Con- we'll get into that. Mike Connolly, Russell Westbrook, and John Morant. Those are all injuries that we must address. And then we will wrap up with a topic that you and I are both very excited about. Laddergate. Giannis Antetokounmpo I, I, picked a postgame fight in the last city in the world where you'd want to do that. Oh, but he first, picked the fight. Oh, he but, picked, oh interesting. We'll, we'll discuss who picked the fight with whom. Uh, but first, don't call it a comeback. Kyrie and Kawhi have been here for years. Both Kyrie Irving and Kawhi Leonard have returned. Uh, Ro, I'll let you pick. Which one do you want to start with, Kyrie or Kawhi? Let's start with Kawhi. All right, we'll go to Kawhi. So uh, Kawhi Leonard returned for the Clippers. He made his first appearance on Thursday. He had six points in 25 minutes in an extremely ugly win over the Pistons. And then he followed that up with 11 points in 22 minutes in a win over the Spurs that wasn't uh, too difficult. He said that uh, returning from an ACL injury can be a two-year process. And he called it a long journey. Ro, how do you look? I mean, you know, the... I guess he didn't look great is what I would say, but it's not like he looked bad either. It's just the reason I wanted to bring it up, John, is it's weird. It's weird what's happening here. And I don't expect us to get any answers anytime soon because that's been the nature of Kawhi Leonard's career. But to recap kind of his season. So he tears his ACL now in 2021. He tears it during the playoff run. Now, granted, these playoffs went later into the summer than normal, so it was around, I think, July 2021 when he actually tore the ACL, close to it, June even perhaps. And, you know, he sits out all of last season. He comes back to this one. He plays two games, 21 minutes each in those games, doesn't start, comes off the bench, and then they're just like, he's out. He's out indefinitely, misses a whole mess of games, comes back, plays these two more. He's still on the minutes restriction, I understand he's later in his career. He's had injuries. You look at a guy like Jamal Murray. Now, we haven't talked about him specifically too much on this podcast yet. I don't think Jamal Murray has looked great to start the season. You could tell he's still playing to get his legs back under him. At the same time, he's been out there for most of the Nuggets games. He's playing major minutes. I understand Kawhi saying, like, yes, in a lot of instances, it might take two years before an ACL Someone coming off an ACL tear looks normal, but I don't recall anything remotely like this from an ACL tear recently. Like, we're kind of post-ACL tear. It's like we know that person's going to miss a year, but we kind of expect that person to come back now, right? That is a really interesting point. Obviously, we don't know what kind of discomfort Kawhi has, uh, you know, how it healed. Neither of us are doctors, but... um, Super macro pullback 30,000 feet view of that injury. It, when we were kids, or when I was a kid at least, you were probably not even born then. Uh, when I was a kid, that was a massive injury, right? That was a, something that could be even a career under. Now it's one of those things where you're like, man, they, they, you know, if it happens at the beginning of the season, they'll be fine by the next season. So it, 
it is a little unusual relative to how ACLs have been treated over the last, say, decade. Yeah, man. And it's, you know, obviously he is generally been very cautious with injuries. I mean, remember when he got hurt, we were kind of like, is it a torn ACL? Do we know what's going to happen? Is he going to play in mm. game six of this next series? Or is he going to miss the next year? Like, we didn't even know. And yeah, the reason I wanted to talk about it is I still just don't really get a great vibe from all this. And listen, this is a team that came in with a lot of expectations. We did the mega preview pod, myself, Herring, Mannix, and Beck. One of the questions I had formulated for that was, are the Clippers considered a failure if they don't win the finals this year? Which, you know, was meant to be a little hot takey in nature. At the same time, like, this is now year four of this experiment. Mm -hmm. You know, they're lumped in there with the Nets. They made one conference finals, and that was a good playoff run. Paul George was really, really good in that playoffs. But this is starting to get... Like, does is anyone taking them seriously as a contender at the moment? Or I understand it's still really early here. We're gonna have to wait a month or two to see where Kawhi ends up in terms of this recovery period. But I, you'd like to see them get it going a little bit. I'm glad that you brought this up because I did want to spin this forward a little bit. You've got these questions about Kawhi. In his absence, Paul George has been gangbusters. He's been incredible this season, but he was held out of the second half of the Spurs game with knee soreness. You don't like to hear that. They're playing the Jazz tonight. Clips are 10 and 7. They're 7 and 3 over their last 10. As you mentioned, they were one of the preseason favorites. High, high expectations for them. I don't know. I don't know what to make of this team because you don't know what you're going to get out of Kawhi. Anytime you hear injury and Paul George in the same sentence, whether or not it's knee soreness and they're just precautionary or not, that sends up a red flag. You're right that this this was the team where, where people thought, hey, man, it's finals or bust for them because this experiment can't go on forever. And right now it looks busty. I know it's early. I don't want to get too hot takey on this. But I haven't like I thought you and I beginning of the season were like, man, they're so deep. Look how many things that they can throw at you. And then like all of a sudden, like, you know, what, 17 games into it, you go, ah, maybe not as deep as we thought when you when you're uncertain about the main two guys. Definitely. And I I do think we're we're getting close to the point now where, you know, 20 game mark of the season. Yeah, it's a quarter the of the early, season. Yeah. The early sample stuff, the early sample size stuff starts to wane a little bit. Not that teams can't change, not that there's still not a lot of ball game left, but yeah, man, I, I just don't get a good vibe from all this. I, I, I'm, I just want to see him play 33 minutes in a basketball game. I, I just want to see Kawhi Leonard play 33 minutes in a basketball game, and that'll make me feel a lot better about the Clippers' chances. You know, what is the top of the West right now? The Warriors are... are on a little bit of a win streak here and you know, they've beaten some bad teams. They still gave up 120 points to the Rockets, by the way. Like it's like they blew the doors off the Rockets, even though Clay had this massive night. You ask about the top of the West. Let me, let me run through this and and you tell me, you stop me when you get to a team that you like uh, the Clippers better than. All right. So we've got the jazz at the top, followed by the Suns, the blazers, your nuggets, now we get into a little weird situation. The Kings, who I know you and, and Chris talked about at length. Yeah. The, the Grizzlies, who have a lot of injury issues that we'll get into. And then you get to the, I, to the Clippers. I, I like to think the Clippers are still better than the Kings long term. But 
the, like the Clippers' offense hasn't been very good. No. <laughs> I'll say and that, the like, Kings the has. Kings, yeah, the Kings has been one of the best. I don't know, man. I, it's still weird, and I think, you know, you think the Jazz are going to kind of level off here. You see them scuffle somewhat the last week or so, but it's been a really, really weird year, particularly in the Western Conference. And again, I brought this up with Herring. You and I talked about the Blazers last week. John, we got an email saying I wasn't effusive enough about the Blazers <laughs> in my answer about buying Blazer stock. I like it. Yeah, so I don't know if those teams are going to remain near the top, but I don't know that I'm confident the Clippers are going to go on some massive run here, especially as they deal with injuries, be extra cautious. Like, even if they do end up being pretty good, like, they might be setting themselves up for kind of a tough path just with the way they treat the regular season. And on one hand, I I can appreciate that they take the playoffs so seriously that they don't want to overburden their stars. On the other hand... I'd like for the regular season to matter a little bit more than the Clippers have have made it out to matter the last few years. Yeah, you mentioned the Jazz and whether or not they're going to level off. We, we've been asking that question every single episode uh, so far. Not yet, uh, but I, I, I do yeah. want to get into how those injuries impact some of those Western Conference teams a little later in the show. But first, we got we have to at least talk about Kyrie returning. We have discussed this subject ad nauseum. Uh, on both the Monday and the Friday edition of Open Floor. But after his eight-game suspension for promoting anti-Semitic ideas and tropes, uh, he addressed the media on Sunday before the Nets hosted the Grizzlies. He said, I don't stand for anything close to hate speech or anti-Semitism or anything that is anti-going against the human race. He said it's uh, necessary for him to take accountability for his actions. He said he learned the power of his voice is strong and the influence he has within his community is also strong. And he said he should have handled it on the first day, but he also said he was, quote, rightfully defensive when people called him anti-Semitic because they didn't know him. So what do you make of his apology and does this put an end to it? Uh, it's hard to say anything's ever over with Kyrie. Yeah. And I do think the NBA is going to be in a weird spot. I mean, we saw Jalen Brown initially kind of tweeting in support of I just don't feel like unpacking all of this, to be perfectly honest, but like. You're just going to see people support the wrong things. You're going to have Kyrie make statements. He filed a grievance through the union, which has to play out. And it doesn't feel like anything is ever over with him. No, it doesn't. His public statements. On one hand, I think what some people have come to respect from Kyrie over the years and to a degree I, I've always understood it, is he doesn't want to perform for the media, right? There's kind of a dance that players and media do sometimes, and Kyrie's never really been one willing to do that dance. He doesn't want to perform. And there's, you know, there's reasons behind that that I understand. In this instance, his his distaste for kind of running through the the typical apology blueprint, etc., has created more problems. And I just I don't see him ever coming out and, and giving this the apology that, that people are gonna appreciate, or at least the kind of apology that can put this to bed. You know, the one that people make even when they've done something terrible that for whatever reason are just kinda like, ah, well, he said the things that, you know, he's supposed to say, and now we're just tired of talking about it. Like, that's not Kyrie. 
And I, I, I'm not saying he's going to promote something or, or say something explicit, but it's just, you get the sense that things are never really just over with this guy. I thought he got pretty close. You know, I have been, I don't want to belabor this much longer. I want to talk about actual basketball. I've been as critical of Kyrie and what he promoted on his platform as anybody. We've talked about it extensively on the show. I thought it was reprehensible. I thought it was indefensible. I thought his uh, the way he handled it initially was a joke uh, and that he should have just acted like an adult and said, yeah, I screwed up. You know, I, I'm not anti-Semitic, but I can understand why the Jewish community is pissed off about this. And I apologize profusely and I hope you'll uh, forgive me for it and let's move on. And I'm going to, you know, try my hardest moving forward to show you that that wasn't my intent. It's pretty simple. I thought he got close on this until he did the whole, but I was right to be defensive because you guys don't know me. Like, just also let it drop, man. You messed up. It's okay to say you messed up and not to get your back up about everything. I'm paraphrasing. That was growth, by the way, because it took all my strength there not to talk over you. <laughs> I, I'm I'm paraphrasing here. He also said something to the effect of like, I want a platform where I can say things without being yeah. harshly criticized or and it's like, hey man, like that's called you know, thoughts. That's that's called thoughts. Is yeah. uh like keep those in your head if you really feel the need to say wild stuff, but that that's the the blessing and the curse of him being in the position he is. He has the platform and he wants to share certain things. And there are things that he shares that or has shared in the past that are important and he's made good use of the platform, but you can't pick and choose when people are going to respond to it or critique it or have a reaction to it, whether that's fair, unfair. That's kind of the, the, social contract that we're all currently taking part in and he's used it to his benefit before he can't you can't escape that when it's convenient for you no you can't and this will i mean this has been a thing with him uh his whole career so we'll see if it continues i want to talk about basketball the nets beat the grizzlies the grizzlies notably did not have jaw Desmond Bain or Triple J, but they won anyway. 127-115 in Kyrie's first game back. Kyrie, 26 minutes, uh, 5 of 12 from the field, uh, 14 points, 5 rebounds, no assists. Hard to do, uh, for him at least. Uh, I thought he looked okay. Ben Simmons looked considerably better. We're going to get to Ben Simmons in a second. Basketball-wise, how'd Kyrie look, and is this Nets experiment back on track? What do we think about this? Yeah, it was interesting. You know, they started Simmons last night. Mm-hmm. Kyrie, it, it's funny that he, I understand you, no matter what, you got to get your legs back. He missed all that time. It's funny to think that he had a, not like a minutes restriction, but limited playing time because of a, a suspension for his nature. It, that was just kind of silly to me. You know, there's something we said about they seem to be, you know, they had a couple losses. They seem to have found something briefly without Kyrie in the lineup. I do think that there's something to be said about they're always, seemingly always going to have trouble defending when he's in the game. And, you know, Katie had that quote to Chris Haynes about, yeah. you know, when you see the lineup, you're expecting them to win because of me. And I thought he did a, a really good job. Uh, not that he had to do anything. I, I thought he 
he explained kind of his reasoning for saying that eloquently on his own podcast about the, the point he was trying to get across. The point I'm making is there's something he said about, you mentioned Kyrie's no assists. When he's on the floor, like he's going to have the ball in his hands and obviously he can do good things with it. He makes the highlight plays, but to me, there's something you said about when you have someone like him and him taking the ball out of the hands of someone like Kevin Durant and the style of play they could maybe have if they didn't have Kyrie. I'm not so, I, I'm not, I think they're going to be better than they were to start the season. I like what Jock Vaughn has done. I think they're, they're playing more competitively, but I'm not, I'm just not sold on the KD Kyrie partnership. I'm not either. Uh, they're six and four over their last 10. They're eight and nine overall. They are at present just outside of what the playoff picture would be. They'd be in that play in game. I don't know what this team is. I, I thought it was encouraging, though, that you get all you have all three of them back. And Ben Simmons had his best game. I want to talk about that, too. He was 11 for 13 from the field. Missed his only free throw, but had 22 points, eight rebounds, five assists and a steal. This is something that we have discussed and Jock Vaughn brought it up where he said, you know, Ben is kind of like a one five where he can get the ball off the glass, push it up the floor, and then we're going to put him down low because he has to play next to the basket because we all know he's not going to shoot from outside the paint. This was the best case scenario. This was the Ben Simmons that they've been looking to see uh, join their team since they traded for him, right? I mean, he was injured. He had uh, mental health issues. He was, you know, slowly working his way back. This was the Ben Simmons that was promised, and I thought he looked really good. Like, you know, I've been as critical of Ben Simmons as anybody, uh, but that's the kind of effort they need to get from Ben Simmons and then also defensively if this thing is going to work. Now, big, huge, you know, grain of salt is they were playing the Grizzlies without their top three guys, and without their top three guys, that roster looks thin. Absolutely. And so, first of all, I mentioned they started Simmons. They started him at center. They started the lineup I think we've all been most interested in them play. Durant, O'Neal, Harris, Irving, Simmons. Um, I thought Simmons had been looking good going back to that Kings game, which I know they lost big, but I thought Simmons had some good moments in that game. Uh, the next game, I think, was the first time he'd scored double digits since his Philadelphia days. And then, yeah, 22 points. Uh, there was just, at the start of the season, it looked like he was, it almost looked like he was this physical specimen who was this is going to sound like an insult. It's not. It, it, it almost looked like he was someone who had this like great physical potential and was like learning the nuances of basketball. Like he had to relearn the nuances of basketball, when to apply his physicality, when to apply his athleticism, like no feel for the game. And just on an eye test level, he's looked like he's had such a better feel for the game over this last week. Um, Like much more appropriately, I think, defending, cutting, etc., you know, playing with the ball in his hands. It, it, he looks a lot more comfortable now. And that has been a really positive development. I, I still don't know that it's, you know, you obviously need to see him sustain this. We're talking about a guy who is all NBA, all defensive team. Yeah. Like, so good. Even, even uh, you know... With all his struggles, a guy who, when he was on the floor, his teams were better. His teams were good because he was on the floor. Um, a guy who could make a significant impact in an NBA game. And you obviously would like to see him sustain that level of play, but 
uh, really positive steps in the right direction for Ben Simmons. And he just looks so much more comfortable than he did the first week of the season. Uh, Last Ben Simmons thing also kind of goes to comfort, and then we'll get on to uh, running through all the injuries. Ben Simmons in Philadelphia against a Sixers team that's not going to have anybody playing for it. I don't know if uh, you're available, but if you can make it to Philly on time, they'll give you some minutes. Uh, But he's going to be in Philly, and he was asked about it. And he said, uh, you know, somebody said, oh, you know, has enough time passed that you think that they might let it go? And he said, in Philly, and he made a hilarious face. And and I love that he gets what's going to happen and that he's kind of having some fun with it. Um, Do you care about his return to Philly? I'm too close to this. I cared a lot. It was funny last year when, you know, the fans paid like $3,000 to boo him and then they got blown out and he didn't even play. (laughs) He didn't even play. That That I really enjoyed. I cared a lot about this when I thought, A, the Nets were going to be good, mm-hmm. and B, the Sixers could have had Maxi, Harden, and Embiid in the lineup. But now that those guys aren't playing, especially no Embiid, uh, you know, I, you want to see Embiid and Simmons go at each other. That's what you want to see. 100%. You want to see, you want to see Simmons drive. Remember, okay, my, like, one of my favorite memories as a basketball fan was the lead-up to the first Heat-Lakers Christmas game after Shaq had gotten traded to the Heat. And Shaq was like, what's it going to be like when a Ferrari drives into a brick wall? Like, you already know. And I was like, I had never been so excited for something before in my life, John. I was like, I didn't know that the anticipation like this could exist. I was like, Shaq versus Kobe, this goes against everything I know as a basketball mm-hmm. fan. I've only known these two as teammates. Obviously, Embiid and Simmons are not Shaq and Kobe. They never got out of the second round, as you very well know. But that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see the collision. You know you know, there was going to be a moment in the game. Like, Embiid would have willed it himself. Yeah. Where Simmons is driving the lane and Embiid is waiting for him. You just, you know those guys were going to have a moment to go head-to-head. The Philly crowd was going to be insane. Like, you, you know it would have meant, you know what? <laughs> Who knows how Simmons would have responded to the environment? You know it would have meant a ton to Embiid. You know that he's he gets up for games like that, and I'm very bummed to be missing out on such a like classic basketball confrontation. Yeah, we got to wait again, which kind of sucks. Uh, he's going to get booed every single time he touches the ball. We all know that, uh, but I'm glad that he's sort of leaning into it. It does suck, though, that we don't get to see him against Embiid because – we saw the animosity as Ben Simmons sat out last year and then when he was traded and I would have loved to see that too, but this will, we'll just go to the, we'll go to the injuries here. If you're, if you're Ben Simmons, shouldn't you just shoot like eight threes? I mean, a three would be how, how much would that anger you? If he just started pulling up from three and draining them, a three would be amazing. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all, even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I got to change the oil in my car. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic with an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for only $36.99. What do I do with my old oil? We can recycle your used oil for free. And do you have oil for my old work truck? You can find the right high mileage oil to help it go farther right here at AutoZone. Restrictions apply. That brings us to the injury portion of the program. Uh, <laughs> man, there's a ton of them here. Uh, Tyrese Maxey, we'll start with him. Out three to four weeks, small fracture in his foot. Uh, he steps on somebody's foot in a transition against the box. As soon as that happened, he, he started limping. And I was like, man, that didn't look good. Somehow they won that game. Uh, they lost the, they might've won the battle, but they lost the war. They still don't have James Harden. He's out until early December. And then today, this morning, we found out that no Joel Embiid, he's got a foot sprain and he'll miss the Brooklyn and Charlotte back to backs, uh, walking wounded for the Sixers right now, Ralph. Yeah. You know, you mentioned that Bucks game. I thought that was a really nice win for Philly. Weird game. Obviously we'll get into the latter stuff later. That Embiid foul on Giannis was so weird. But to win that second half without Maxi, I thought was really impressive, especially already down Harden. I'm curious how you feel, John, because there's there the rumblings that some people think the Sixers look better without Harden, uh, with Maxi and Embiid as kind of the two man team. I've long said on this show, I don't think you treat Embiid like a traditional superstar. I don't think he's the kind of guy you pair with a ball dominant player because of how uniquely talented he is within the current scope of the NBA. Obviously, the Sixers, are, listen, they're in a terrible spot. I do think Embiid has been so good so far this season that even without Maxi, they can be competitive. Like, they're going to have a good team when he's on the floor. It's how do you manage the minutes when he's off? Can you survive the 13 minutes a night he's not on the floor? That's going to be their big issue. I don't know who carries those lineups. I don't know what they do. I think they played, like, Paul Reed and Montrez Harrell together briefly. The other night, like they're going to have to do some weird stuff. How they stay alive during those minutes is going to be the real question for them because I think they're still going to be really good with Embiid on the floor. But I wanted to get your opinion on the non-hardened Embiid minutes so far this season. Do you? Is there any credence to that for you? No, I, I mean, like a player of James Harden's caliber, you're going to be better with him. The overarching point here, though, 
is this is shaping up like a little bit of a cursed season, right? You no no Maxi. Maxi goes out. All of a sudden, Embiid's missing a back-to-back. By the way, I didn't even mention uh, Tobias Harris was out on a back-to-back with a hip injury. He returned to practice today. We'll see if he goes against the Nets. Um, they're just they're really, really thin because of all these injuries. I mean, you've got Shake Milton and DeAnthony Melton as your only guards, neither of whom are actual point guards. It just I'm not I'm looking at this. We came into this season looking at the Sixers as they had a nice professional quiet off season where they added some good pieces everybody was healthy and now it's like hardly anybody's healthy they're eight and eight and like you know they're they're basically tr- going to have to tread water until harden gets back and they better her- hope nothing like serious is wrong with Embiid because it's going to be really really tough to do anything with one of them out let alone multiple players out so uh my answer to your question is uh i'm pretty pessimistic on their outlook right now but we have a lot of other a lot of other injuries to rattle through too and i want to ask you about how they're going to affect those teams as well so let's start let's go to the western conference dame lillard initially it was said that he would miss a game or two with a calf injury then yesterday sunday shams reported that he's got a grade one strain i don't even know what this is is it soleus or solus dude dude can i i know i I know this is a thing hold on it's a right lower leg injury that was evaluated uh that will be evaluated in one to two weeks i saw you tweet about this take it away listen first of all I again I'm trying so hard not to interrupt you. I can't it's so Philly of you to go straight to this is a cursed season. It's just it so, might be. It might be. It might be. Okay. I am getting completely sick and tired of NBA teams. I don't know if this is a bit. Mm-hmm. I don't know who started it. To me, like they're doing this under the veil of specificity when actually it's another attempt to obfuscate. It's like we're going to throw out weird jargon and lingo. No one's going to understand what we're talking about. Damian Lillard, grade one strain of the soleus muscle. Soleus. Never heard of that. Me neither. John, if I asked you to point out your adductor, could you do it? I think I could pull that one off. Because I, I don't know where my adductor is. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I don't. I have no clue. All right. Um, so you basically what you want is the hockey version where it's they just tell you upper or lower body and then leave it be. Do you know what Mike Conley's injury is? Uh, I that's on uh, it's on my list. Mike Conley, a, he's got a li- ligament damage in his I've left knee. Literally, literally never seen this word before in my life, and I've seen a lot of words, John. I'm not mm-hmm. from this country. I've seen a lot of words and a you lot use of words for a living. Okay. A Poplidius strain? A Poplidius strain? Yeah, I don't know what that is either. That sounds fake. Like, enough. Give me calf. Give me ankle. (laughs) Give me hamstring. Elbow, shoulder, abdomen. That's it. Those are the only body parts. They're getting way out of hand here. Growing up, there was like eight things a guy could injure. Okay? It was like, ah, knee. Mm. Ah, back. Ah, you know, you you might say calf. Ah, calf. Ah, ankle. Hand. Now it's like his sixth metacarpal on his. It's like what? Well, who is this for? What are we doing? <laughs> I, who is this I, helping? I do, I don't know who it's for. Who it's helping? I do think that they're trying to be specific. In any event, and I knew that you had to get that off, so I'm I'm glad that you did because I saw you do Ugh. that on Twitter, and I was like, this is definitely on Rose radar. But in any event, either way, 
no Dame Lillard for the Blazers for mm. the next one to two weeks. The Blazers are 10 and six. They're five and five over the last 10. Puts them squarely at the top of the Western Conference, a game behind the Jazz as we record this. Man, in the same way that I super do not like the idea of the Sixers trying to tread water without the guys that we mentioned, the Blazers just like, it wouldn't it be nice for the Blazers and for Portland if they could just have Dame around like, Every time he's, he comes back, he's out again. It's like that, uh, I, I think I'm out. They pull me back in. It's the reverse with him. <laughs> you know, I will say they've had, you know, Jeremy Grant has been mm-hmm. someone we haven't talked about a ton on the podcast this year. He's, he's been, been fantastic. You know, another thing that's weird about Dame, you know, look at look at his games played. This is this is Dame's game played in his career. 82, 82, 82, 75, 75, 73, 80. 66, which was all 66 of a shortened season, 67 and 21. That's coming out uh, of the bubble year. Um, also a little bit of a shortened season. Then last year, 29. Now this year, his second injury. It's a bummer to see someone who's been one of the game's great Ironmans start to get these little injuries. Yeah. Um, I think that they can tread water a little bit. Shaden Sharp's been great. I think it's going to be good experience for Shaden Sharp uh, to get some more run. Anthony Simons, is, as we know, can fill it up. Jeremy Grant, like I said, <laughs> Shelby is, is getting in here. Um, he says they have more problems than Dame. Nurkic is playing like bleep, and they allowed U2 Watanabe to score 20 points on their home court, he adds. I, I think they'll be Fair okay, points. though. I think I don't think they're going to be as good as they've been, 10 and 6 good, but I do think they can tread water with the guys that I've mentioned. I'm a little nervous about Dame, though. They said, I believe they said this is a different part of the calf that he injured. I believe I saw that on Twitter in the same leg. Calf injuries can be very tricky, man. They can, you know, sometimes players are able to come back. There's no problem. They can linger. As we know, like we saw with Kevin Durant, they can turn into an Achilles thing. They got to be very careful because, as you mentioned, like good things have been happening for them. They've built positive momentum. I expect them to be a playoff team when Dame Lillard's healthy. That's been the standard he's set for his entire career, and he's lived up to it so far this season. But they got to be pretty cautious, man. Yeah, you don't want this turning into like a lingering, long-term. You know, they've been one of the most fun stories of the season so far. They absolutely have. Uh, I, I have mentioned this to you on the show. I love watching Dame. I love the Portland Trailblazers experience. I think it's one of the great in-arena experiences in the NBA. It's in my top five for sure. I just want him to be back out there and healthy because as you as you mentioned, he's been one of the great Ironmen of the game. And now these last two seasons, like, you know, fits and starts intermittently available and then out. And it, and it's just a bummer. And I, and I'm with Shelby that, uh, I worry about what this team looks like and, and how well they can play without him around. Uh, let's rattle off. Let's run through the rest of these real quick. Uh, you mentioned Mike Conley. Uh, evidently he avoided a major injury or ligament damage. He's going to be, well, he just hurt the Pop Lydia's. Right. That's all he did. Uh, which everybody knows is a thing. He's going to be reevaluated on Tuesday. Um, potential effects to the Utah Jazz who are still atop the Western Conference. He's been really good for uh, them this year and he's got he's, a lot of run, which is crazy. He's been really good. He's been really good. I will say the beauty of the Jazz is they're just like a wave. Yeah. You know, yeah. they got like six guys who can score. They got Markinen, they got Clarkson, they got Malik Beasley, they got Kelly Olynyk, they got Colin Sexton. 
uh, weirdly a team, I can't believe I'm saying this, built to withstand injuries, the Utah Jazz. <laughs> built to withstand injuries. And also now, um, you know, Sexton hasn't been getting a ton of run. So now maybe mm-hmm. you fill in some more minutes with, with Colin Sexton, who I expected we- to be m- more in the mix than he's been. So this might open up an opportunity for him. That has been interesting, huh? I think mm-hmm. we all thought, oh, this is going to be the guy they played 35 minutes a 100%. night. 100%. Put the ball in his hands. Try to turn him into something maybe a little bit more mm-hmm. kind of by brute force, blunt object, no other choice, high usage, turn him into something maybe a little bit more than what he's been in his career. And interesting enough, he's just been part of the ensemble. Just part of the ensemble, but we'll see how it shakes out with Mike Conley. We mentioned the Grizzlies earlier in the program. John ja Morant, I hate this. I hate it because I love to watch Shaw week to week with an ankle injury. Uh, Triple J didn't play the other day. They already lost Desmond Bain for an extended period of time. They were at the top of the West. Uh, as we record this, they've, they've fallen back just slightly. They're a game and a half off the pace. They're 10-7. and seven. They were one of the great surprises last season. They're young and up and coming when they're healthy. They're one of the best teams in the conference. Without those three, though, they are extremely thin. Uh, thin is like putting it generously. I mean, that's like... You know, imagine taking LeBron, Wade, and Bosch off the big three heat. Uh, you know, <laughs> this is, listen, I thought Memphis was going to take a step back this year. You know, Trip was out to start the season. And I've been really impressed with them. Dominant at home, 6-1 and one at home. Jaw's been fantastic. They've played better than I expected them to. John Bain, best backcourt in the NBA this season. And... You know, the other night, I'm getting so excited. I love Jaron Jackson Jr. I think last year or the year before I picked him for most of it. Like, I've always been such a big fan of his game. I'm I'm excited. I'm Jared Jackson Jr.'s back. This rocks. The same day he's back, they announced Desmond Bain might miss up to a month. And I'm like, here we go. Now, Jaw is out. It, if any, like, they were beating Brooklyn at the half last night. <laughs> they were up by five before eventually losing that game. You know... They've done a good job over the last year and a half now battling injuries. Really impressive. Good for them. This is this is too many to overcome for an extended period of time. Hopefully Ja can get back soon. I think, you know, Trip is in an injury management situation. I, I think that they can expect a little bit out of him, but yeah, man, I I'm I was really impressed with the resiliency they showed to start the season. Obviously, Durant, Durant, John Morant missed a ton of time last year. They were fantastic even without him in the lineup. Yeah. So they've they've kind of been built to withstand injuries. It's just crazy how snakebitten they've been this year. But they're truly one of the most resilient teams in the league. Yeah, I'd like to see those guys back sooner. than Basically, the takeaway for all these injuries is I'd like guys to be healthy and available to play because I like to watch basketball, and it's kind of a bummer when uh, some of these teams are so significantly impacted by injuries. Last injury for you, less, less uh, potentially concerning for the team in question, but the Lakers go and smash San Antonio Spurs on mm. Sunday night. In the process, though, one Russell Westbrook, uh, injured his thumb. The x-rays were negative. He's going to be examined again today on Monday, but he left the arena row with his thumb wrapped. Didn't look great. Um, potential addition by subtraction? I don't know that I'm actually willing to go that far just yet, only because he's been good in his role off the bench. LeBron's been out, so they've actually needed to rely on him a little bit more. He's kind of forming a chemistry with, I think, some of the 
role players on the team. Wenyan Gabriel, Thomas Bryant's been back and looked decent. Can we actually talk about the Lakers for a second? Who we've we've tried to step away from on this show. They've won three in a row without LeBron James, which seemed inconceivable at any point during this Los Angeles week they could win three games in a row without him. And I think that does speak to you know guys like Russ embracing their roles, playing a little bit better. Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis perking up a bit here, John. A little bit. Uh, three straight 30-point games, I believe. He's been fantastic. Again, I know it's you know against the Spurs. I believe they beat the Pistons in this run. It's not like they're beating world beaters. Uh, for a team that was as bad as the Lakers, them winning three games in a row, sure, massive accomplishment. And, and AD, if, if this is the Anthony Davis they get, kind of getting rid of the bad jump shot diet, Dominating the paint. Hey, the thing that's always frustrating about Davis, I guess I'm an enabler because when I wrote my SI story about him, part, a big part of it was how much he worked on his jump shot and the work he put in and, and how effective he was as a jump shooter. But when you have someone that athletic, that big, that talented, why are you taking him away from the rim? And it feels like he kind of just the, the switch flipped these last three games where he's like, wait a second. Nobody can guard me within 15 feet of the basket. And if that's the version of 80 they get when LeBron is back, they become they they become oddly frisky. Oddly frisky, yes. They still have a lot of work to do though because they're still mm-hmm. 5 games under 500. So big hole to climb out of. We'll see if they can pull it off. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you, something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. 
you know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. All right, this is the topic that I wanted to discuss with you the most. When it happened, I was like, Roe is going to love this. You tell me ladder match, whether it's in basketball or wrestling, I am in. That's what happened after the Sixers and the Bucks game on Friday. So Giannis came out. For those of you who missed it, man, you, you missed a treat. Giannis came out after the game trying to shoot some, some free throws. He, he likes to try to make 10 in a row. So I'm going to read you a quote from Giannis. I went back out there to shoot. And there was a ladder in front of me. And I said, can you please move the ladder? And they said, no, talking about a stadium worker. And I said, can you guys please move the ladder? They said, no. I was like, guys, I have two more free throws. I guess he had made eight in a row at that point. Can you please move the ladder? And they said, no. So the ladder was in the, in the way. So he moved it. Then the arena crew moved it back. Then he shoved it out of the way and it fell to the floor. Now, he said he didn't mean to push it all the way over. But in the process of all of this, Montrez Harrell came out of nowhere and grabbed the ball and took it away from Giannis, which created this huge kerfluffle. Thanis Antetokounmpo ended up, uh, Giannis's brother ended up jawing with Harrell. Harrell said, I'll beat your ass. Excuse me for the, for the language. That's what he said. Uh, there's a lot to unpack here. I'm going to get into Harold's side of the story a little bit later, but there's video of Giannis shoving this ladder down, which is not a great look because the arena guys are trying to do their thing. Uh, I say he picked a fight with Philadelphia and the arena crew. You say. First of all, could you imagine just shoving down one of those 10 foot ladders with one hand, like tossing it aside? Like, Mm -hmm. I don't even I don't even know what the what the human equivalent is, what the non-freak equivalent is. What's something I could just knock, like like a Jenga tower. He just knocked it over like it was a, a pile of Jenga bricks. That was Doesn't ridiculous. Doesn't know his own strength. Uh, uh, something we're not talking about enough is how easily he knocked that ladder over. So I'm still, to this day, a little bit unclear of the timeline. Like, when did Harold come out? Who did what when? A weird... I, I kind of don't... Listen, the ladder falling down was not a good look. I believe that he was not trying to knock it over. I don't think he was... I don't think he's stupid enough to be like, I'm going to knock a ladder over in an arena that it still has people on the floor. You know, people are trying to now say Giannis is fake, humble. This is the real Giannis. That's a stretch to me. That's ridiculous. I think that it's... We've heard so many stories of players getting up shots after games. This is a yeah. normal thing. I've never, ever heard it result in this. I'm definitely siding with Giannis on this one is what I'm getting at. I think that it was a little... So Harold, I think, said something effective like, Giannis maybe asked if I wanted to work out with him, and I was like, no, and then they, they were like fighting over court space or something weird happened there. Yeah, Harold was saying that the... So the Sixers had a back-to-back, and they had to change the court over because the next night they were using the City Edition court. So Harold was saying, I'm trying to get my shots up, and also they need to change the court over. Which doesn't quite add up because how are you getting shots up if they have to change the court over? It's like either everybody gets off the court or you might as well both just take one end and Giannis could be at the other. I don't care though because I love this so much. Of all the cities <laughs> in the in America where this should happen, it should be in Philadelphia. Of course the arena worker was like, nah, man, I'm not moving the ladder. 
amazing. Could you imagine? That's another thing that I'm I'm blown away by that. Like it's amazing. The general vibe, and for better or worse, is like people are walking on eggshells around athletes in these scenarios mm-hmm. because they're such creatures of habit. That, you know, you don't want to be the guy who interrupted this person's routine or whatever. It's such a delicate atmosphere. Even after a game, you don't want to, you just don't want to get in someone's way is how yeah. I would describe it. And for this guy to be like, nah. And then <laughs> even after he moved the ladder to move it back, the guts, the guts to be like, I'm moving it back. And I understand like, he's just doing his job. Listen, that is I've that is unlike anything I've ever hundred percent. That is uh yeah. In any other NBA city, with the exception of a couple, in any other place, like if you were in Memphis or LA or you know San Francisco or whatever, you're a hundred percent right that you see an NBA, not even just like an NBA player, but an NBA superstar out on the court shooting. You are not getting in his way. You are not bothering him. You are certainly not bringing a physical object to obstruct his shooting and then putting it back. The only places where this could have happened are Philadelphia, New York, and Boston. Those are the only three cities in America where this is happening. I would argue that it would happen in Miami, but not as an attitude thing, but as like a someone literally was like, I don't know who that is. Oh, Maybe. Why is this guy still here? Yeah. Maybe. But as the attitude thing, that's what I'm saying, where the arena worker yeah. was like, nah, I'm moving it back. Like, those are the three cities. Maybe Chicago. I don't know. They they can, like, Midwest nice can sometimes come into play there. But that's that's the funniest part to me, Ro, that <laughs> poor Giannis got a full helping of Philadelphia. And I love it. I love the whole story. I'm not on anybody's side here. I love, because the other thing is, you know, Giannis, he's apologizing and whatever, right? Nobody in Philly is going to take offense to this. This is just one of those things. Oh, yeah, we got in an argument? Sure, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm surprised no one's done the story interviewing the arena workers yet. Yeah. I, that it's their side of the story who I would like to hear most. Just the truly the guts it takes. Like, dude, if you saw Giannis... Obviously, he's not going to go beat you up. Like, he can't go fight you. But that's not someone I want to make angry. Oh, this just, 6'10 guy built like a Greek god? Are you kidding me? Just jawing like, at like, him. Bro, uh, I know. I, I spent, man, I can't tell you how many games I covered in that building. I A lot of those people that when I was there, they're all still there. I know a lot of the people in that arena. This does not surprise me at all. Like, not even a little bit. Like, you're like, ah, you know, like, who has the stones to do? All of them do. They're all from South Philly. They all love to jaw, right? Who are you? The, I'm, I, this is my building. I am, I'm here uh, 41 nights a year. You're just coming through. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me even a little bit. It's, the, it's a fantastic story. Uh, I want to thank Giannis, I, I just, actually. <laughs> I, didn't realize Giannis had, I didn't realize Giannis had haters either. That like that was those another. Who hates Giannis? Everybody loves Giannis. But that no, but there's like this huge like fake humble movement going on now. Mm. You can't really read too much into Twitter, but These there's this big idiots. like fake humble. And I'm like, where did this come from? There's people like who wants to who's trying to tear down Giannis? It, it was if, a weird look. It was definitely a weird look. If anything, he gets more credit now in Philadelphia. 
This is something that they will seriously. The city loves that kind of thing. He gets. I like, love he it. gets like a small cheer the next time he checks. Oh in. yeah, I mean, like I, I give him a clap for for uh, getting into a little a uh, little scrap. Uh, all right, last one for you. This is breaking news, and then we're gonna wrap the show. Uh, Are you serious? Breaking news on open floor. First time it's ever happened for you and I. Just hit my inbox. I've been alerted to a company in Miami that has made an offer to rename the arena. According to the Miami New Times, Booby Trap Arena, a strip club in Miami, has offered $5 million to put Booby Trap on the Miami arena. Are you taking it? Rohan Nodkarni, our resident SI Miami bureau chief. I really need to do like a proper ranking of top five Miami companies to take over the arena. I think if you were if you were going to play in that arena, no pun intended, you could do better than than that particular establishment. I think Do you know of popular. the Booby Trap Strip Club? I only by name. <laughs> now, now I sound like now I sound like a creep. All I'm saying is, Rick Ross is not like talk, Rick Ross is talking about King of Diamonds. You know what I'm okay. saying? Um, I'd rather they named it Rick Ross Arena. Frankly, wow, that would be cool. How much would Rick have to put up? Because I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like I get that this is a publicity stunt by the Booby Trap Strip Club. I mean, here we yeah. are talking about it on open floor. Five million's light. How much would Rick Ross have to put up to get his name on it? So the thing is, I think Rick Ross could work out a deal. It's like mm. he's giving you a certain number of free concert dates, oh, appearances, like etc. Um, I still vote, you know, Versailles. It's got to be on the list. El Palacio de los Hugos. Um, you know, they got options. I don't think they have to settle just yet. It is really depressing that, of course, it's the heat that went, you know, other other teams have their crypto partnerships and the Warriors had an FTX one. But, of course, the heat went full on. FTX Arena, Udonis Haslam. I love Udonis Haslam with all my heart. He's done so much for the community down here, opening businesses, etc. Udonis Haslam appearing in an FTX commercial has aged so poorly. Yeah, um, that's a tough one. So of course it's them that get caught up in this kind of this crypto scam. I hope they cash that check before the company went belly up. Uh, all right, we're gonna wrap this up now. Ro, you got anything you want to pub for the people? I have a story coming out, I believe, this week that I'm going to write about <laughs> um, the Atlanta Hawks and their lack of three-point shooting that's on the docket, so keep an eye out for that. I also have a couple features. I know I've been like teasing features on the show. I don't like talking about my features until they're actually out, John. It's like a mm -hmm. weird superstition that I have, but there's two stories that I, I have reported, and I'm very excited for them to come out. I think one is finally supposed to drop this week. This team keeps getting injuries at the at the worst time or random stuff keeps happening that uh kind of ruins the timing for me. But just, you know, stay tuned. I guess the problem is I'm like, stay tuned to my Twitter, but, you know, that's a ticking time bomb. So who knows, really? Stay tuned. Go and read that Hawks piece. They could use somebody like, say, oh, I don't know, Kevin Herter. Uh, <laughs> that would be nice. That wouldn't that nice. wouldn't that be great for them? And uh, yeah. as I said, the USMNT is set to kick against Wales. I went to England and wrote a piece about Kristen Pulisic and uh, trying to find his form amid all the pressure. You can find both of those stories, all of our stories, on SI.com. Ro will be back on Friday with another episode of Open Floor. I'll be back on Monday. Thanks for listening, everybody, and happy Thanksgiving.
from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? My check engine light's on. Mm, that could hurt your gas mileage. The AutoZone free fix finder service can help find the fix for free. This whole report for free? That's right. Printed and on your phone for free. But what if the fix is too tough? We'll recommend a local shop. Fix Finder, only at AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R.